When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now. Here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What up? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Faraz, Zach, we're back. And better than ever, this is the Buy Sell Show. Thank you for tuning in, Zach. Uh, you know, week seven, dude, a lot of, inju- a lot of injuries, man. This is, this, is not, this is not good, okay? No. Especially you know, I, with I, I, I already had like 15 guys on by. My whole lineup is in shambles, and now I'm losing Kyron Williams. Like, what is happening? Okay. If you guys haven't Great. heard, Kyron Williams, you know, the initial news was that Kyron Williams was just supposed to be out one week. But, you know, like my Spidey senses were tingling when they announced that he'll be out like on Monday. Like, that never happens. Like, if it's just a sprained ankle, it doesn't happen. Right. Right. So huh. I was a little bit worried there. Um, they now, lied to us. They lied to us. It was just reported by Jeremy Fowler that Karen Williams will likely miss a few more games, and we might not see him until after the week 10 bye. Week 11 is a long time from now, my guy. Okay, We have week 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. It's a whole month. It's a whole month until we might see Karen Williams again. That's not great. Okay. They have, so who did they bring in? So they, they already had Zach Evans, right? Like as of now, he's probably going to be the guy. Maybe who knows? They elevated mm-hmm. Royce Freeman to their 53 man roster. Miles Gaskin was also signed from the Vikings practice squad. They also brought in Daryl Henderson. So mm-hmm. it's a mosh posh guys, but like, I, I guess Zach Evans, right? Like, I guess it, it has to be Zach Evans. And I think you can ride it out with him. I don't want to start him as anything more than a flex this week. Like, don't put him in your lineup and think you're going to get RB2 numbers. I just hate when teams do this because it's the quantity over quality approach. And that leaves us just scrambling. There's nobody that's actually going to produce. I just have a feeling they don't add and move, make all these moves for these running backs if they're going to give Zach Evans some type of, like, workhorse workload anything close to what Kyron Williams is getting I I, I just right. don't see it happening I think he'll get like the majority of the carries probably this week like at the minimum but 
if he doesn't do a whole lot with him, like this is just going to be nobody's in the backfield. And it's already obvious the Rams like to throw the ball. They got Cooper Cup back. So it looks like it might just be more of the same. Like, I don't want to say the Rams are missing Cam Akers right now, but like it would be a lot nicer because I think if Cam Akers were still there for us, you know, we would know who's getting the carries. But now this is just a mess. I, you should pick up Zach, Zach uh, Evans, but I don't want to rely on him long term. I wouldn't even expect too much from him this week. Like, you're just kind of screwed if you had Kyron Williams. Pisses me off too because I waited till after waivers clear to announce this. Like, you can't even address it now on the waiver wire. Now it's like you're moving, you're moving in a trade to try and get somebody maybe and like you mentioned they said at the latest week 10 uh, after the week 10 buy I, I think that would be like that's when i'm going to expect him back i'm not going to expect him back any sooner because this was zero to 100 you know in 24 hours i'm really sad this is the yeah. buys and sells episode who we are buying who we are buying who are we buying going into week seven uh we're trying to move some guys off of our roster as well and sell them. Uh, we do have a couple high-end buys to talk about that could make your team significantly better. We'll get to them in a few. Let's get to – there's only a couple pieces of news besides that. So Anthony Richardson, it's official. He's going on IR. It's over. It's over for him for the year. He is safe to drop. Super sad, super sad. I'm crying. Still crying. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the Jags and the Saints play Thursday night. There's no guarantee that Trevor Lawrence will play, but it seems like he will. Um, his backup, C.J. Beathard, said that it was very likely for Lawrence to start, so it seems like C.J. Beathard is not preparing for Thursday <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> the Eagles have signed Julio Jones. I don't think this is a situation where you go and add him. They have their guys. This is just a depth add for them. I think they just added him to the practice squad for now. Yeah. Uh, if I'm you're not, not – Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, listen, man. Julio Jones, he, he wants to come on – come along for the ride like where was he last year he went to tampa right yep right with tom brady right and now you know he's no touchdown the trying game. to he, he keeps doing it a year late right yeah. like it's always a year late right so like you know you gotta okay you gotta time, this, Eagles Super Bowl. time this a little bit better <laughs> julio okay yeah. uh you, you know it's not like you're pulling a Sean Sh- mccoy the Sean mccoy times it right you yeah, know what he, i'm saying he had like, that yeah tw- two times so <laughs> if you're not subscribed to the podcast guys please take a second to just hit the follow or subscribe button on your podcast app uh so if you're listening to spotify or apple podcast please do that it would mean the world to us if you have been a listener to the you know of the pod and you like listening a five-star review would mean the world it would even be it would mean even more to us so we would appreciate yeah. that um let's go ahead and get into a couple buys zach okay if you're looking for a high-end running back to buy, I think Bijan Robinson is one of the most obvious targets for me. I've had people hit my comments on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy this week talking about what do I do with Bijan? That Bijan's frustrating them. And, you know, and this is why I'm getting a sense that a lot of people are, aren't viewing Bijan as his high-end running back, right? He had a couple of top 10 finishes to start the year, right? He was outside the top 10 in three straight weeks. He was still in the top 18, though. So it's not like he's absolutely killing you. And what you're seeing over the past few weeks is his absolute floor. And outside of Kyron Williams, there is no running back who's had a higher route participation than Bijan. He's running around on 72% of Desmond Ritter's dropbacks, which is absolutely bonkers. Okay, 17% target share. That's right at the top of the league. That's That's tied with Christian McCaffrey. 
Um, and like, like we, we've mentioned multiple times, targets are worth two and a half times more than carries in PPR leagues, okay? Five-plus targets in five of six games. He's averaging five catches in those games, okay? So his floor is solidified. He's still getting 13 carries per game on top of that. And those touchdowns are going to come. He hasn't had a rushing touchdown this year, but they will come. He's been on the field for 80% of his team's short yardage snaps. All right. So I I don't really care that much that Tyler Algier is getting 50% of the rushing attempts for now. Do I want him to be less involved? For sure. But the opportunity that that Bijan is getting is still one of a solid RB1, especially in PPR. And the talent with this type of opportunity has the chance to win you your league, right? First in missed tackles right. forced per attempt among 33 qualifying running backs. Fourth in rushing yards over expectations, only behind Devon A-Chain, Brees Hall, and Raheem Mostert, right? So I'm taking advantage of the few modest performances that he's had on his game log so far. That makes 100% sense. You know, like if I had to go and talk about B. John Robinson, I would have brought up all those points too. Like, there's not much left for me to say besides the fact that you look at the production he's had. It hasn't been that high-end RB1 production that we saw through the first two weeks. He hit 20 points in each of the first two weeks, and he's cooled down a little bit. You know, the production hasn't necessarily matched the usage, but he hasn't scored those touchdowns. You know, like, that is going to come back. There's going to be touchdown regression. When he's touching the ball this much, like, he's going to end up scoring here at some point. Now, granted, the Falcons' offense, it's a bit of an anomaly. We don't know what's coming each and every week, but it doesn't really matter because he's going to be part of the game plan. We've seen that through six weeks so far. If he's not running the ball, he's getting those targets in the, in the passing game. He was pretty much acting as a receiver last week against the commanders and coming up, you know, it's just going to be more of the same. I think that Bijan Robinson, you can't knock the usage. And that's like the one thing that we really drive home. You talk about the utilization that he has. This is excellent usage and it's consistent. It's not like he's being thrown out and he's not going to have, 15 or 16 touches each week. That's what he's getting every week. He's, he doesn't have a single week where he has like 10 touches, eight touches, and he's just not getting that usage. This isn't Jameer Gibbs we're talking about. <laughs> Bijan Robinson, he's the talent plus the workload. And like you mentioned, I think the workload, it can increase. You know, I think we'll see that more down the stretch as they realize, you know, this is a guy we still need to keep involving. Tyler Algier is good, but Bijan Robinson, man, he looks like the real deal. He's looked like the real deal through these first six weeks. I think the only way to go from here is up. So calling him a buy makes perfect sense. Jameer Gibbs over here catching strays. He's catching he strays. involved in this conversation. He, he has a chance to redeem himself, hopefully, this week, assuming he goes. <laughs> assuming he goes. It's it's not Jameer Gibbs' fault. That's the difference here. It's like Jameer Gibbs, he's talented. He just doesn't have the workload. It's just the Lions being the Lions. It's fine. They did the same thing with Swift last year. They're doing it with, with Gibbs this year. Hopefully that changes this weekend. But Bijan Robinson, you mentioned a high-profile buy. I got another high-profile buy. And it's a guy that not a lot of people might really be thinking about right now because there's a lot of turnover at quarterback on this guy's team. But it's Devontae Adams. Like, is there risk involved here? And Is there risk involved with trading for Adams? Without a doubt, there is, yes. But as an old friend of mine likes to say, you might know him for us. I mean, I do a podcast with him a few times a week. Sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. So you should be worried about Jimmy G. He could miss some extended time, and you should be worried that he's in and out of the lineup a lot. Yeah. And you could even worry about Jacoby Myers suddenly being a target hog and putting up a higher target share than Adams with multiple different QBs under center over the past three weeks. But it would be a mistake to not take advantage of this unique buying window and not take a shot at it. 
especially if you're already looking pretty good in the win column so far. Adams is averaging nine points per game since week four. He has six catches in his past two games combined. Those are terrible numbers, but you don't have to look far back to see what his ceiling can be in the Raiders offense. Through the first three games of the year, he was averaging over 25 points a game. That was in three games with Jimmy G under center. That includes a 20-target game in week three against the Steelers. And in those first three games, Devontae was the league leader in target share at 39.4%. So the next highest player in those first three weeks in target share was Tyreek Hill at 34%. Devontae's still that dude. It's been quiet these past couple of weeks because there's been all sorts of turnover at quarterback. And the other thing that we like to talk about here, you mentioned it with Bijan, and we'll mention it here too. He has a ton of touchdown debt that he's racking up. You know, we mentioned this a couple of times on shows before this one, but he hasn't scored since his two touchdown outing in week three. Like next on deck against our games against the Bears, the Lions, and Giants, they're all matchups with teams that rank in the top half of the NFL and points allowed to wide receivers. So no bad matchups coming up. If the Raiders can get some consistency under center, maybe that's Jimmy G coming back and playing as many games in a row as possible. We want we want him to be healthy. I think that he can do that. Maybe it's Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer didn't look too bad last week. Aiden O'Connell's going to be interesting. But if they can just get some consistency going, Devontae's going to round right back into prime Adams form. Like I know we love Jacoby Myers. We've talked about him a lot on the podcast too, but I'm not scared enough of him to bet against Adams reminding us that he's still the unquestioned wide receiver one in Las Vegas. I'm buying Devontae Adams all day. I'm with you, man. Um, listen, I, I don't care who the quarterback is. Straight up. Like, all right. Jimmy G's banged up. Like, whatever, man. Devontae Adams is going to get his targets. Um, you know, I, I, I would worry if this was another wide receiver, but he's going to get his targets. I don't care. Yeah. I don't even think the risk is that high, you know, to be honest with you. Like, you're going to get a wide receiver one here. So, um, I, the way this offense is operating, I just think that he's going to get his targets regardless. Um, you know, a couple down weeks, take advantage. I'm with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Because things look bad. You, you mean, you look, you, you look at a wide receiver that's underperformed because of quarterback inconsistency, obviously, different guys under center. That's going to make it even easier to buy him. So, it is. I think 100%. And, this is like and probably I think the best we, buy window. If these quarterbacks are, if these quarterbacks are going to be, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, kind of like if they're going to be practicing all week long and be prepared to play, Adams is going right. to get his targets. When these quarterbacks are just, you know, thrown in like in the middle of a game, like you just kind of never know what's going to happen, right? Because they didn't get those right. reps during a week. Because now they all need to be ready to go. Yeah, it's not like a situation where you're playing behind a quarterback that doesn't get injured. <laughs> and then you're just sitting there, you're, you're, you're the backup, you come in, you don't have to worry about anything. I, I'm with you on that one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think what happened on Monday night for anyone who has CD Lamb was great. One, he had a sol solid week for you. Hopefully he helps you get the dub, right? But he also provided you with a nice point total for the game log. So now you can go shop him, right? Uh, right. I, I don't see any signs that things are getting better for CD. And, and what do I mean? He performed, right? He caught all seven of his targets, but those seven targets made up only 23% target share. This year, CD Lamb has a 22% target share for the season. Last year, he was at 29%. This year, 
CDs had a 28% target share. Last year, I'm sorry, this year, CD was at a 28% air yard share. Last year, he was at 35%. When you look at the last three years of wide receiver one utilization, that, that those averages are provided by Dwayne McFarland over at fantasylife.com. CD Lamb was getting wide receiver one usage last year. This year, his target share and air yard share is indicative of a fantasy wide receiver two. It's very possible he's still being viewed as someone who can bounce back and get that usage back up because the talent, like the talent that CD Lamb has, it's one of a guy who should be getting way higher target share and air yard numbers. But if you look at the target share, numbers that he's had this year he had that 135% target game in week two but otherwise 37 uh, no I'm sorry otherwise 17% 19% 17% 19% and then 23% on Monday night okay so you're not going to be able to get many elite games from CD if that's going to continue and you know someone might think they're buying a wide receiver low from you I'm sorry someone might think they're buying a wide receiver one low from you so I try and sell him now off of this game and let them feel like how you've been feeling with CD over the first six games of this year. Yeah, it's just crazy. CD Lamb, you look at him. He passed the eye test. I don't know why they don't throw it more to him. That's been like one of the points that Dallas has been making. They're like we need to throw the ball to CD Lamb more. But if throwing the ball to CD Lamb more is just seven targets, like that, that's not going to be enough. And at this point, it's out of CD Lamb's hands. You know, it has it goes back to the play calling, the way that Dallas has been running. The ball, they, they've been leaning on it. The passing volume isn't there like it's been. And it's C.D. Lamb. He's catching it. You mentioned he had 100% catch rate on those seven targets last night. He's just not getting the target. So is there an explanation for this? There is. It's the coaching. There's more to that. I could go on about that. I'm going to save every, spare everybody that conversation. But it is interesting because I saw a tweet by R.J. Ochoa, just a guy that's he's a Cowboys cover. He covers the Cowboys. He put out that the first six games of CeeDee Lamb's four seasons with the Cowboys, in each of those seasons, he started pretty darn slow. Like this year, he has 475 yards and 34 receptions and a touchdown. Last year, it was pretty much the same thing. He had 33 receptions, 497 yards. Granted, he had three more touchdowns. So just something to keep in mind that he's had these quiet starts before he could turn around. But the difference here is I'm looking at the way the Cowboys run offense, and I'm going to say... It might not happen this year like it did last year where he came back and he had those big games. And that leads right into my cell, who's also on the same team, who's also suffering because of the play calling. And that's Dak Prescott. Like we knew coming into the matchup that the matchup was good for Dak Prescott against Chargers. He delivered. He had an overall QB1 finish. It doesn't really feel that groundbreaking. Like 25 fantasy points feels a bit watered down to be the top scoring player at the position, don't you think? Like... It didn't feel like a QB1 performance, but it was for last week. There are a few things working against Dak here, and number one is the way he scored his points last week. He had 40 yards on the ground and a touchdown. That counts for nine of his 25 points on the night. Dak has just one rushing touchdown in each of his past three seasons. He's rushed for 40 or more yards just twice in that same time span. So there's no reason to expect that that rushing upside is going to continue to be there moving forward. He just doesn't run the ball. He'll have those games, and he looks good. But other than that, there hasn't been any upside with Dak to speak of. Then there's the fact that he's only thrown for more than one touchdown in just one game this season against your Jets, and there's no in-between for Dallas in terms of how they're playing. If they're winning, they're winning by a lot, and Dallas doesn't have to throw. Just look at the games against the Giants and the Patriots. But if they're losing, it's because the offense is getting dominated and the scoring upside is low. 
They average, he's averaged 11 fantasy points per game combined against Arizona and San Francisco. And the offense in those games has only scored 13 points per game. If you watched the game the other night, Mike McCarthy's not a good play caller right now. Dallas's offense is still super inconsistent in the red zone where points are scored, and that's going to hurt his ceiling moving forward. There are so there's some good matchups coming up, but they're against quality competition, and Dallas hasn't unleashed Dak Prescott yet this season. I'm selling on this performance and moving for a guy like Brock Purdy who has a higher week-to-week floor with a higher ceiling as well. I think Dak Prescott, this, this finish that he had last week, is good enough to sell him because he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been good to the point where you're happy having him as your quarterback. I'm moving him to upgrade at the position, even if it's just by a little bit. I agree, man. Like he has a buy coming up here. You know, you can move him. He's roster in eighty six percent of leagues, so he's he's on your roster, and he's kind of like making a hole in your roster right now, right? And I agree. Brock Purdy, Matt Stafford, Josh Dobbs, even like these guys have higher floors than Dak. You know, and I feel like there is really no reason to to be, you know, kind of trying to get something out of him for the rest of the year. And the way that he scored the fantasy points this week, you know, not something that you can kind of rely on, just like you mentioned. So, right. yeah, man, I'm this Dallas Cowboys offense is uh, is a little iffy, uh, to say the least. Yeah, the Jets are better. So, uh, okay. I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right, all relax. Right. All right. For us. <laughs> All right, let's let's pause here for a second to talk about tomorrow's game. Jags at the Saints. Uh, it's looking like Trevor Lawrence, you know, has a good shot of playing. Okay, so we all want to see that. There are a few pickums I like on underdog fantasy. I'm going to throw a few of these into an entry to try to win some money. I, I only need to choose over and under on three stat lines correctly to 6x my entry. Okay, uh, so if I throw in 20 bucks and I win, I get 120 bucks. Not bad. Is that, is that how that math works out? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and if I choose to go with five pickups in my entry, I have a chance to 20x my entry amount. Okay, so over on the Underdog Fantasy app and on underdogfantasy.com, I see Christian Kirk's yardage prop set at 51.5 receiving yards. The Saints have been solid against perimeter wide receivers, but the slot has been a lot more vulnerable. So I like the over there for Kirk. They also play a lot of man coverage. This is right in Kirk's wheelhouse. So I'm, I'm on Kirk this week. I also see Alvin Kamara's rushing line set at 51 and a half. I like the over there as well. In his last two games, 22 carries, 19 carries. I think he can get similar volume in this game. So I do like that as well. I also like Chris Olave to go over 61 and a half receiving yards. That seems like a low line to me. Uh, He had four games. Uh, basically hovering around 100 yards receiving this year. He, he was dealing with you know his quarterback having shoulder injuries in the two games that he didn't come through for you. So I don't know what there is to worry about moving forward. Um, you know, you consider the matchup too. The Jags have given up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers coming into week six. Uh, and then Pittman went over 100 yards against them last week. So I like this line as well. Um, those are the main three that I like. You can throw those in yourself. You can maybe add a couple more or replace a couple of these. Uh, if you're new to underdog and you want to get on the, in on the action, go to underdogfantasy.com. Use code upperhand when you sign up and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $500. Uh, you can deposit whatever you want. The minimum is only $10 and you'll get that double too if you want. Uh, but not only that, uh, I gave you those three picks, but you'll also get a free Derek Carr pick to use as well. All you have to do is use the code upperhand. So that's underdogfantasy.com. Code upper hand. Moving forward, judging by the amount of Puka Nakua questions I got this week, I think we're now hitting the game 
where, you know, we can combine his low production, you know, four catches for 26 yards, you know, easily his worst game of the year by far. You combine that with the fact that Cooper Cup is back. And some people might feel like they missed the sell window for Puka. And they're just trying to get what they can for him because now Puka is second fiddle. You know, he's not a high and wide receiver anymore, you know, but he is. Matthew right. Stafford only threw the ball 24 times in this game. He was averaging 40 pass attempts coming into this game. Okay. So the seven targets that Puka saw was actually a 26% target share. All right. He also dropped a touchdown that would have drastically changed his day, changed the perception of him. Uh, this is a top heavy target distribution for, for Stafford. Cooper Cup isn't going to get 47% of the targets, you know, every week, like just like he got this past week. So Puka is still a buy low. All right. In two games with Cooper Cup, Puka's averaging a 29% target share. Okay. So still wide receiver one levels. So, you know, we keep talking about it. Do not undervalue Puka. You know, why don't we try and sell CeeDee Lamb for Puka right now? Right? Like, see if you can get that done. I think some people would accept that because they're viewing CeeDee Lamb as a wide receiver one and Puka as a wide receiver two. But in reality, it might be the opposite. Right. And it's not to say that, you know, Puka's clearly head and shoulders above CeeDee Lamb or CeeDee Lamb's clearly like way below Puka. But just the way that the offenses are working right now, you look at the target share, like you mentioned, that Puka's getting. Even with Cooper Cup on the field, he is outpacing CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb's a top target in his offense. And the Cowboys don't throw the ball as much as the Rams do. This was an, a relatively quiet game by the Rams standards in terms of how many times they threw the ball. Like, Puka, this is a perfect buy low window. And the fact that Cooper Cup came back, he's having these big games, is only going to help you get Puka at more of a discount. You can, I think, haggle pretty nicely the price down on Puka right now. You'll be like, well, Cooper Cup's back. I'm going to take on some risk here. But getting Puka, you know, you're going to be able to drive that price down. And then also you mentioned, I don't think this is a situation where it's not where it's impossible that things tip towards Puka over Cooper Cup in any given week. Like, I think that can happen. There's going to be a game at some point down the line, if not one of these next few weeks, where Puka is the guy producing. And then people are going to be scratching their heads and be like, oh, well, I thought Puka wasn't going to be part of this offense anymore. Cooper Cup's the guy. Puka is good. He is very good. He's to the point where I don't think he's just going to be boxed out by Cooper Cup in the offense moving forward. So I, I'm perfectly fine with this call. I don't have a problem with this at all. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side -side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. I have another buy who is also a wide receiver in the NFC West, and that is Bren Nayuk. He's been pretty quiet these past two weeks. Like he's averaging 11 points per game. He caught just four passes in each of those two games. Not good. And he had matchups where he could have done some damage. You know, that's come against two really good defenses in Dallas and Cleveland. 
But Ayuk, he only had a quiet game against Dallas because the 49ers were in a ridiculously positive game script and they didn't have to pass at all. So I'm giving him a pass on that game. Last week, injuries happened and just the 49ers fell apart in their first loss of the season. It was bound to happen sometime. It just came against the Browns. The Browns have a very good defense. That was my takeaway from that game. But that, plus the underwhelming effort, even with Debo off the field for part of the game last week, could be enough to make his fantasy managers open to moving off of him. Ayuk's been everything that you pegged him for for us to be coming into the season and more as a target earner. I mean, he has a 31% target share, 53% air yard share in his five games played. That's just hilarious utilization. And he's never had a less than 25% target share in a game this season. So he is consistently getting looks at the ball, even if he's not catching all of them. And he's had some quiet weeks. But when you look at the utilization, it doesn't match up with the production. It's going to regress the right way. He's also averaging 18 yards per reception, courtesy of the Kyle Shanahan system. And he's got a fantastic matchup this week against the Vikings, who are allowing the third most points to receivers coming into the game. Are you going to be able to get him cheap? Probably not especially if you're trading with somebody that listens to this podcast. we kind of been talking up Ayuk this whole season. We know he's Brock Purdy's favorite target, but the price is as low as it's going to be this season. And picking him up after a loss is going to be a hell of a lot easier than after a matchup with Minnesota because that 12.5 point per game average in his past four games, that's going to fly up on Monday night. So take advantage right now while the price is low. I don't think it's ever going to be lower this season, especially if the 49ers get rolling again on offense, which I absolutely expect them to do. They have one down game take advantage of that narrative that things might not be perfect in San Francisco. Yeah. And you know, there's not much I can say for Ayuk. I love him. I love him so much. He's my guy. (laughs) All right. So let me get into my next sell. You might already have Curtis Samuel on your roster. You might've just picked him up off of waivers this week. I'm trying to package him up right now while that game log is looking real pretty over the last three weeks. Okay. Uh, He's looking like a nice, safe start. A lot of people can use someone like him you know, as the second piece of a package that you put together. Uh, you know, let, uh, let's say you're trying to get a, a higher-end wide receiver, someone needs a running back. Maybe you package James Cook and Curtis Samuel, right? Or Ramondre Stevenson and Curtis Samuel, something like that. Uh, because Samuel has just been very efficient lately uh, in the last three games. A wide receiver 11 finish, wide receiver 13 finish, and a wide receiver 21 finish. 21% target share. target share, 18% target share, averaging 16% target share over these three weeks. That's well below wide receiver three levels, okay? Uh, His air yard share, 7%, 18%, 13%, well below wide receiver three levels, okay? Uh, We saw something similar out of Samuel early in the year last year, uh, but it just fizzled into nothing, right? The difference between this year and the beginning of last year, though, according to Fantasy Life's utilization report, was that he was averaging a 23% target share over those first seven weeks, right? So that was legit, right? He's not even getting mm-hmm. that now. So he's clearly overperforming. I'd move him now before he turns into a pumpkin and he has no value, right? You might just end up dropping him in a few weeks. So is he still a spot start right now? Yeah, you know, I'm still riding that momentum but I wouldn't be surprised if the production just vanishes into thin air at some point. I think this is a perfect call. And this isn't a guy that you're going to be like moving one for one. You're not going to say, Oh, I'm going to give you Curtis Samuel for, I don't know, Puka. You're not going to have that. Obviously (laughs) that's a drastic example, but this isn't someone that ideally you want to move one for one. Like you mentioned, I like the Ramondre Stevenson Curtis Samuel combo. If you can, if you have that, I think that has a lot of opportunity to, you know, move and get you some value where you wouldn't have, that type of value in a couple of weeks, like you mentioned with Curtis Samuel potentially fizzling out. Ramondre Stevenson was another guy that I was looking to sell because 
he, the offense is just horrific. This is the first week that they've scored points. He looks good. But outside of that, with New England, you know, the Patriots just don't score enough points. They're not getting in the end zone enough for him to have any type of touchdown upside. It's all empty yards for Stevenson. So I'm selling on him too this week. Just a little side note right there. But with Curtis Samuel, you mentioned it's the same thing. I think this is liable to shift in Jahan Dotson's favor at some point. I just don't understand how you can get by giving him one target last week. I think that's going to change moving forward. They do have some good matchups coming up. They got the Giants next week. They got the Eagles after that, who had allowed Curtis Samuel to have his first big game in this stretch of big games. But I'm still out on Curtis Samuel with you on this one. I think, like you mentioned, that right that wave of momentum can continue for a few more weeks, but it's going to stop at some point. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later because, again, I'm the Jahan Dotson guy here. I, I think that he's going to eventually come into his own here and actually have the fancy value we want him to have. So if you're sitting on your waiver wire, definitely pick him up. I know some people have been saying he's droppable, but that's just something to keep in mind. I literally just dropped him like 30 minutes ago, Zach. So yeah, I, I didn't see that. So maybe, maybe I'll scoop him up because I need you might want to scoop him up in a lot of my leagues. Yeah. So yeah, just Go throwing that it. out there. I, I think it'll, I think it'll swing back, but we'll see. <laughs> anyway, I got another cell and this one might be, bother some people i don't know and we'll see what happens but my sell is derrick henry he might not necessarily have hit that age cliff just yet we talked about that coming in season but the titans offense being a dumpster fire and tajay spears coming out and splitting snaps with henry it's, it's just fast tracking his approach to that cliff like fancy life's utilization report says that spears has a 50 percent snap share for the season through six weeks and he's eating up a ton of valuable work in the passing game like you mentioned reps in the passing game are worth a lot more than touches in the ground game 49% route participation against Henry's 32%. 13% target share for Spears versus Henry's 7%. 90% of long down and distance snaps to Henry's 3%. And 86% of two-minute snaps versus Henry's 14%. That's made Henry, whether you want to like to admit it or not, like it's he's a touchdown-dependent RB2 this year, right now. And the problem isn't that Henry's hitting that cliff. Like I still see him on the field. He's breaking off runs. He's doing Derrick Henry things. Like, it's not that he's hitting that cliff, which would be out of his control, but it's something predictable, like backfield by committee that's killing him. It's the usage that's causing his value to fall. In games where Henry doesn't score a touchdown, he's averaging 8.4 points per game. Like, the Titans are also the 26th team in scoring offense in the NFL right now, and that's been with Ryan Tannehill at QB. That could realistically get worse now that he's out with a high ankle sprain, and Tennessee's going to be relying on Malik Willis to command the offense. Could that mean more work for Derrick Henry? Possibly, but... I don't think I'm willing to bet on Derrick Henry right now being able to power this offense through and be everything for the Titans on offense at this point, especially if they're going to keep using Tajay Spears the way they've been. I'm all for a little optimism, giving the guy a chance, Malik Willis, but the offense is not going to be good enough to make Henry a consistent fantasy producer, like I mentioned, unless they completely bail in the passing game and return Derrick Henry to his heyday 25 carry a game workload that we saw last year and the years before. It's not going to happen. Derrick Henry's next two weeks include a bye this week and a tough matchup against the Falcons defense. That's allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to the position through six weeks. If I can package up Henry, maybe move him for a guy like Kenneth Walker, I'd take that deal all day long. Like Henry and, like you mentioned, Curtis Samuel. So I don't, maybe they might have a little issue getting Kenneth Walker, but I think you can still upgrade at running back with Derrick Henry at this point because he has that good game last week. He had that long run. He looked good. He scored a touchdown. I'm selling Derrick Henry while I can. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It, it, it's it's. This is gonna get bad. It's gonna, it could get ugly. I'm hoping that the word 
you know, with them talking that Malik Willis, you know, has taken a step forward and all that during the offseason. We've heard a lot of that. He's had a really good training camp. I'm hoping for it. I don't have my hopes up, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm all for giving him that chance, but <laughs> I just have to see it first. And at this point, 100%. if I had to bet, I'm betting against the offense looking any better than it did this season. It was looking bad, man. It was looking bad. Uh, we have rest of season rankings up on our website. We have trade charts as well. So go check that out, upperhandfantasy.com. Uh, make sure to check out the daily free newsletter as well. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, throw in your email. You get some amazing fantasy content delivered to your email for free every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. We appreciate you guys. Again, subscribe if you can. It will mean the world to us. It's free and it's quick. Thank you guys for Zach, for Faraz. Take it easy. We'll see you, see you guys tomorrow for our running back. And I think we're doing quarterbacks and tight ends tomorrow. I haven't decided yet, but we just be back. We'll be back. Bye-bye.